Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the All-American Hour with Geordie and the Chief. Good morning. This is the All-American Hour with Geordie and the Chief right here on SEN all around Australia. It has been a big week in American sport. It's been a big week in the United States. It's uh, There's a lot happening right now in, in the world of college football, which we'll talk about today. That'll be one of our big talking points. The NBA in-season tournament is now reaching its climax. And as always, the NFL takes centre stage, particularly on the weekend we've just had, or the couple of days before the weekend we just had, which was, of course, Thanksgiving, as I welcome in the Chief live from New York. Chief, welcome and happy Thanksgiving. How are you? Oh, very good. Thank you, Jordy. Uh, yeah, I had a great Thanksgiving and uh, happy to join you guys. Yeah, so it was, uh, it was Thursday your time, Friday our time, so going back a couple of days, but how did you enjoy the occasion? Uh, well, with my family, just uh, my parents and uh, my dad's uh, younger brother, uncle, just a very small group of us. My sister, she lives across the country in California, so she visited other family in uh, South Carolina. So it was a very small group, but uh, yeah, I had a great meal. My mother is one of the great cooks and, uh, yeah, enjoyed uh, a lot of football. And first game uh, was really the most entertaining. Uh, other, the other two were kind of a bit lopsided, but uh, had at least one very close game. Absolutely. I want to get stuck straight into the uh, Thanksgiving Day football because we've had uh, three games on Thanksgiving Day, then one game on Black Friday the day after. So four games already in week 12, which we're not normally in this situation. But given the Thanksgiving occasion, this is uh, the tradition now with the NFL. Before we get stuck into that, though, Chief, um, your star of the week for who you've uh, noted down as your best performer across any American sport across the landscape. Uh, I'm going to go with the... um I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles uh, team. Uh, just with the, beating the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City and really trailing at halftime. The Chiefs had control of that game at the half, but um, really turned at, at halftime, and the Chiefs have had a real problem scoring in the second half. Uh, the lowest scoring team in the entire NFL, which is just shocking in the second half, and got completely shut out, and the Eagles get a... Modicum of revenge, uh, obviously losing in the Super Bowl is a much bigger deal than winning a regular season game, but 9-1, uh, and one, and they're, they're only losses to the New York Jets. It's just uh, It just shows you how unpredictable and shocking the NFL can be, and that any given Sunday or any given Thursday, Friday, Saturday, <laughs> uh, the NFL loves filling the calendar now, uh, but anything can happen, but 9-1 uh, and one, uh, Philadelphia Eagles. For my star of the week, I've gone with uh, Jordan Love, the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. I thought he had probably his best game of the season uh, on Thanksgiving Day football, the first game against the Detroit Lions. And uh, for the first time this season, guided the Packers to a, a two-game, uh, two wins in a row. So a two-game winning streak after they had a couple of losses, had about four losses in a row uh, from about week five to week eight or, so, or around about that mark. And, uh, and now all of a sudden they've strung a couple of wins together um, they've won three of their last four, and uh, at five and six, I was actually shocked at the end of the game to see the graphic go up on the Fox coverage and see the Packers are in the hunt 
So they are still in with a playoff shout. It is a little bit more distant compared to other teams, but they're still there. They're still there about, and uh, I thought Jordan Love had his best game, um, which we'll get stuck into now, Chief. The Packers and the Lions was the best uh, the best game uh, of the four we've had so far in Week 12. And uh, with the Packers now, uh, with that win, uh, Jordan Love, I'll just get his stats up quickly, 22 from 32, 268 passing yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions, no sacks. That was a very clean day from the Green Bay quarterback. Oh, absolutely. And they are very live, the Green Bay Packers, to make the playoffs. Because if you look at their schedule going forward, it's quite easy. And there's a lot of winnable games. So uh, the Green Bay Packers really starting to peak at the right time. Um, just heard that, you know, Matt LaFleur's system, the head coach there, is a little bit uh, complicated and a lot to learn. So maybe it's taken him a little bit more time um, as opposed to some other younger quarterbacks who have a little bit easier system. Even uh, Kyle Shanahan, even though they're uh, from the same coaching tree, Kyle Shanahan's system much easier. So people thinking Brock Purdy is more ahead of the game because of that. So Jordan Love catching up, and his wide receiver, certainly Christian Watson, is a star receiver. And he's got some young, really young receivers who are starting to show some talent as well. And even without Aaron Jones, their veteran and number one running back, they are still able to run the ball quite effectively uh, with A.J. Dillon. And the defense and the pass rush was really the story. Um, and uh, sacking Jared Goff and the pressure put on Jared Goff and uh, turnovers were, were obviously key in that game as well for to give Green Bay a big upset. Yeah, there was a number of fumbles from the uh, Detroit Lions, three sacks uh, on Jared Goff, and uh, yeah, the, the young wide receivers you mentioned, Christian Watson, uh, and also Jaden Reed had a touchdown as well from the from the young group of wide receivers. From the other games, they were all um, a little bit more one-sided, weren't they? The Cowboys did a, a number on the Commanders. Maybe the story from this game was the cornerback, Deron Bland, breaking the single-season record for pick sixes, his fifth pick six in a season. And we're not even uh, – we're only sort of just past the – or around about the three-quarter mark of the regular season. So for, for five pick sixes in a season for Deron Bland, that is an incredible record. It really is, and take five defensive touchdowns, and you look at some of the offensive superstars who don't have five touchdowns yet on the season. <laughs> it, it really is uh, remarkable, and it, you know it shows that you know the Cowboys when they get up late, and these are a lot of these touchdowns have been to go up by twenty five, thirty, thirty five, as the Cowboys continue to just put up huge, huge margins of victory at, in these home games. I think they've won every home game this year by more than twenty. So they're not just winning, they're winning big, but they're also playing very, very easy competition. Um, they have really have, have had a very easy schedule so far. So the Cowboys are taking advantage of that, and certainly Deron Bland has, and some of the quarterback uh, mistakes. But, you know, late in games, a lot of times, uh, doesn't make too much of a difference at that point. But still an incredible uh, stat. And the fact that he is, uh, trust me, he's playing very well early in the games to build those leads and to protect uh, that, that, that defense uh, early in games. And then he gets to score touchdowns too. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, he's stepped up this season really when the star uh, cornerback coming into the campaign for the Dallas Cowboys was Trayvon Diggs. Went down with a season-ending injury early on and they've had to have other players come in and fill the void and step up. And they've done that. Um, to, to more than maybe what was expected to the delight of uh, of, uh, of Dallas Cowboys fans and, and Deron Bland has been part of that. The 49ers had a big win, 31-13 against the Seattle Seahawks. Christian McCaffrey, 114 yards rushing and two touchdowns to be the star of the show again for the 49ers and they seem to have the wheels back on the wagon now after it fell off a little while ago. And then the Dolphins with a 34-13 win over the Jets 
on Black Friday, and, and the Jets' offense, uh, Chief, was just sort of nowhere, was it, for the for the most of the game? And um, it was really highlighted by the uh, by the fail Mary right before half time. Tim Boyle, the the quarterback who came in for Zach Wilson, throwing a ninety nine yard pick six right on the stroke of half time. Yeah, yeah, a play I've never seen uh, uh, where. Uh yeah, you normally is a low zero risk play and uh, maybe a high reward. And Aaron Rodgers is famous for completing a couple Hail Marys, just chucking the ball into the end zone. But, uh, you know, incredible play by the uh, Miami Dolphins to receive the ball in that w- their own one yard line, run 99 yards, and with no time on the clock. So knew he had to get into the end zone. Otherwise, it would have been all for naught. And um, Jets, you know, some of the Jets skill position players probably should have chased down quite a a little bit better, and that uh, just in, in, it really tells a lot about the Jets' season and really how it's gone, and it's just been been awful for them. And um, yeah, just going back to the Niners, yeah, like I said a few weeks ago, all systems go, and it, really incredible. Uh, once they got healthy, they, it was all about injuries and just not getting right. But can they seem to have a couple other injuries come up? But uh, Niners and and Miami Dolphins uh, both uh, hoping to have long playoff, deep playoff runs. I want to get to a news headline before we take a break and do our preview of the upcoming matches. But for the second week in a row, Chief, we've got a team uh, in a playoff position right now in the NFL firing their offensive coordinator. Last week, it was the Buffalo Bills getting rid of Ken Dorsey. And this week, it's the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers who have sacked Matt Canada as their offensive coordinator. Now, this one, I think, probably came maybe to some delight of the Pittsburgh Steelers fans who had been a bit... uh, a bit discontent with how their offense was working, and they are a very defensive-minded team. But they are in a playoff position right now, and you know you don't want to upset the apple cart too much. But do you think that was the right call to to uh, to maybe spark something anew on the offense for the Steelers? Oh yes, I certainly think so. Um, uh, it really has been a you know just a terrible offensive performance, and you know a lot of times when you have that big a group of fans all feel the same way to watch these games. They're right, you know. So so often that they're they're right, they're right, and uh, I think they are in this case. And they're looking to get the same spark. The Bills got a great spark. Obviously, they had an, kind of an easy matchup, but um, the Steelers hoping to just change some things. There are some offensive weapons there. Um, obviously, George Pickens is a, a very very talented young wide receiver, and they're hoping to you know the quarterback Kenny Pickett to develop better under new coaching. Even though it's not really going to be new-new, it's just, uh, you know, promotions and, uh, you know, it's not like they're bringing in a whole lot of an incredible brain talent from outside the organization. Yeah, no, just trying to trying to spark something maybe with some new ideas at the, at the top of the offensive coordinating tree. Week 12 of the NFL season, it all gets underway tomorrow morning. You can listen to the coverage on SEN from 5 a.m., and uh, the big games this week, well, the one I want to start off with is the Buffalo Bills against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the Eagles, uh, your star of the week, coming off the back of their win against the Kansas City Chiefs uh, last week. And uh, this game is, I'm just looking for the time, 8.25 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time. The Buffalo Bills, um, well, uh, I mean, they want to, they've got a winning record, but I think they want a few more wins under the belt. They've lost three of their last five games, so... A win uh, traveling to Philadelphia would be huge for them, but Philadelphia go in as the favorites. Yeah, but not that big of favorites. Just a little bit, three points, but you know, maybe a little extra juice. Um, really not very big favorites. And it's really showing you that um, even looking at the money line, yeah, I mean, it's $2.40 on the bills, which 
they're not big underdogs. So uh, I, what I think you're say, seeing there is uh, where the Bills play up to their competition, the Eagles coming off a very emotional Monday night game, having to travel back. They are home and uh, really um, surprising, and I, I think uh, the Bills have a very good chance at the upset. Do the Eagles, so the Eagles have the best record in the NFL right now, 9-1, and one, but a lot of the you know NFL fans that I speak to and just people around the office here at SEN who, who watch their NFL, they all sort of are in agreement that there's, it doesn't really feel like there's an, out, an outright favorite this season yet for the NFL, for the Super Bowl. It's, there's a group of, of teams who are in the, in the conversation as always, but there's no one team or even two teams where you go, oh yeah, that's definitely the team to, to, to pick for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I think though the 49ers, I think over the few, past few weeks have kind of solidified themselves as I think a clear favorite, especially with the struggles the Chiefs have had offensively. Um, but the Chiefs are right there too, and you know obviously the Eagles have to be in the mix. But considering the, right now the you know the Bills are uh, you know have a hard time making the playoffs, and 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 bookmakers are putting them in pretty much saying that they're an even team with Philadelphia. Shows that, yeah, that Philadelphia, they're winning games, but they're not doing it maybe so impressively. And, you know, again, a rematch against the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys will have a much uh, better chance to beat them this time. Um, I think there's other teams that are just playing at a higher level than the Eagles, believe it or not, though they're, they're winning games. So it's, it's kind of an odd situation, though. I think certainly the, the 49ers are better than the, the Eagles. And, you know, I still think the Baltimore Ravens are actually even better than the Eagles as well. But, oh, wow. uh, yeah, I, I think it's, it, it, you know, it's very interesting how record and doesn't necessarily maybe equal who I think, the, you know, who are the best teams. But uh, we'll see how it plays out odds-wise. You definitely have a lot of... Um, different teams that have a chance to win. Yeah. Yeah. The Ravens are pretty efficient, aren't they? With how they play their football. They are. And I, I don't know. I still think that Lamar Jackson is, is a, a different weapon. Uh, Jamal, uh, Jalen hurts the people. He's right now the MVP favorite, which does not make any sense to me. I think so much of that, you know, t the one yard play, the tush push, the brotherly shove, whatever, that's a team thing. <laughs> Obviously he's key to it, but um, it, it, and it's such a unique weapon, and it's really become something that is, is winning them games almost single-handedly. I think that at some point, maybe could be neutralized, or other teams could, could copy something very similar. So uh, I think that'll be interesting to see how that particular play uh, becomes a storyline the rest of the way. The Jacksonville Jaguars take on the Houston Texans. The Texans hosting this one, a battle between two teams in the AFC South. The Texans on a three-game winning streak, including wins uh, against Tampa Bay at the Cincinnati Bengals and against Arizona last week. And the Jaguars um, uh, coming off the back of that five-game winning streak they had, then the loss against San Francisco, but now uh, last week had a win against the Tennessee Titans. So two division games in a row for the Jags. And this game, I'm glad this game is in the SEN broadcast window tomorrow morning because I'm looking forward to watching this one uh, live, but uh, Jacksonville and Houston now, once upon a time, would have been sort of passed off as a don't watch that game, but now it's a must watch this game. Yeah, yeah, this is what would be a game they usually used to always play on a Thursday night, um, just to kind of throw it out there. But it's very different now. Two big time quarterbacks that both top top draft picks. Uh, Jacksonville, the slightest favorite, even though they're on the road, and 
I, don't know, I wouldn't make Houston an underdog against anybody really right now. They're playing such great football on both sides of the ball. They just continue to win. They beat Arizona in a very, uh, very you know, tough game, a game that Kyler Murray kept uh, Arizona in. Uh, so Houston continues to roll, and I, I think they, uh, they win this one. The Jacksonville had a nice big bounce-back win last week against the Tennessee Titans after getting blown away the week before against, by, against the 49ers. So Jacksonville also coming in feeling good. Uh, it should be an entertaining, very close game and probably pretty high scoring with two good offenses. The AFC North match between the Steelers and the Bengals. The AFC North have gone from being, uh, you know, two weeks ago, the, the the strongest division in football, and it probably still is, but now there's just been a few little hurdles that have been thrown in there for each team with Deshaun Watson out for the season for the Browns, uh, Joe Burrow out for the season for the Bengals, and now Pittsburgh looking to just freshen things up with uh, Matt Canada being fired during the week from the offensive coordinator position. So the Steelers now travel to the Bengals, and, um, and this, uh, I mean, I... I certainly go into this game tipping the Pittsburgh Steelers simply because of the Joe Burrow factor, because he's not there any longer for the Bengals. Yes, and, and Pittsburgh is very slight favorites, uh, and I, I would lean towards them. They you know, had one little slip-up, but they're still a team that always seems to get wins in the close games, and uh, yeah, Jake Browning, I think it's, again, going to be very tough against that Steelers defense, um, so yeah, I, I would definitely lean towards Pittsburgh uh, to win. And it's probably a low-scoring close game. Yeah, it probably will be, yes. Steelers games generally are. Uh, the Cleveland Browns against the Denver Broncos. This game as well now has uh, has a different element to it than what it might have a few weeks ago. The Cleveland Browns uh, have won three games on the trot, and the Denver Broncos have been probably the surprise team of the last month. They're 5-5, five and five, uh, but they've won their last four matches in a row, including, well, all their wins have been against pretty decent opponents green bay to start off with then the chiefs then the bills then the vikings um all pretty tight wins i've had a two-point win another two-point win and a one-point win in that run of four uh, and their biggest win surprisingly was against the chiefs but the broncos now are uh, a team that has um been well they were definitely under the radar for for good reason too because they were losing games but now they're starting to emerge from the pack yeah, and again, it's just another. This the theme of uh, of the whole uh, set of games is that they're going to be very close and very tight games that could go either way. And Denver is the slightest favorite. Again, everyone's going to just be a slight favorite. Uh, we saw the lopsided games uh, earlier in uh, the holiday games, but uh, this one is pretty even. And I'd lean towards Denver at home. I think it's just a tough place to play, and uh, the way. Uh, Sean Payton, it took a little while for his coaching style to maybe mesh with the team and for uh, him to agree with Russell Wilson on some things. But the defense has really improved and, and just uh, Denver keeps rolling. So uh, I think they, uh, they get another win at home. But again, should be close, should be low scoring. The picks from the other games, New Orleans and Atlanta. Five and five meets four and six. Atlanta Falcons with the... Uh, Slightly inferior win-loss record, but uh, this a matchup between two NFC South teams. The Falcons hosting, but do the Saints go in as favourites? Tiny, they're the tiniest of favourites. Uh, boy, this this one I have no idea the way. Derek Carr back at quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. Desmond Ritter back at quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. Desmond Ritter has a great home record, so I think Atlanta wins this one by a point or two. The uh, Carolina Panthers and the Tennessee Titans. The Panthers still with just that one win to their name for the season. The Titans, three and seven, so two losing teams this season. Uh, the Titans hosting, though, you'd 
I mean, you could probably give the Panthers a, a, a good um, argument to win this game, I suppose. Oh, absolutely. Tennessee, just three and a half point favorites. So just slightly above the three point home advantage, you'd think. So could go either way. But I, I would think uh, Tennessee, just a slightly you know, more talented team and at home, um, they probably win. But, you know, probably win by a field goal. So it's kind of right there with the handicap. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the season is slipping away from them drastically. They've lost five of their last six games, uh, have the Bucks, whereas the uh, Indianapolis Colts have, well, they had a three-game losing streak. They've turned it over with a two-game winning streak now against Carolina and New England. So they've been able to beat the, uh, the, the lowly teams of the NFL, and you probably predict them to do the same again this week against the Bucks. Yeah, Tampa Bay, slight tiny favorites on the road. Uh, but I, yeah, I guess lean towards the home team to win. But again, this is uh, really a toss-up. New England's and the New York Giants. I'll just open this one up to you here, Chief. What are you thinking about the Giants in this game? Yeah, well, New England's actually surprisingly four-point favorites. Kind of big considering the Giants uh, came, coming off a nice win, <laughs> upsetting the Washington Redskins, uh, Washington Commanders. Boy, I do that too often. Um, and uh, the Patriots, though, coming off their bye week, I would expect them to have a, a strong week. And I think um, they win. They win on the easier side um, against the New York Giants. A divisional matchup between the Rams and the Cardinals. The Cardinals uh, looked good two weeks ago with Kyler Murray back um, in form, and well, back in the team, really, and, and getting wins against the Atlanta Falcons. And then last week, it was just a five-point loss to the Houston Texans. Didn't disgrace themselves too much, really, the Cardinals against a team that is um, doing really well this season, the Texans. And the Rams have been a bit, um, bit, bit under, haven't they? They've lost uh, three games in a row, then the win last week against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Cooper Cup uh, is going to play. There was some discussion over whether he'd miss the game with an ankle injury. But, uh, I mean, the Rams have the better win-loss record. But I actually, I feel like I want to tip the Cardinals in this game. Yeah, well, the Cardinals are a whole different team now with Kyler Murray. Um, that being said, it looked like the Rams really got things uh, together. They were off their bye week. They seemed to get a lot of players healthy. Although Cooper Cup did get injured in the game and will be likely to play. But man, Puka Nakua has really continued to be a big weapon. Um I, I'm going to go with the Rams here. They're, they're favored, but uh, again, yeah, it would be would not be a surprise at all for Arizona to win. And the other one actually is Kyron Williams as well, who started the season as the Rams' number one running back. Should be back this week as well. I was uh, reading uh, at the start of the week, so I don't know what the latest injury report is on him. But um, at the start of the week, the aim was that he'd be playing this week. So uh, with Cup uh, seeming like he'll play, and then Kyron Williams returning, that could be uh, a massive boost for the Rams against the Cardinals. Uh, the Chiefs take on the Raiders. The Chiefs are back on the winner's list now uh, after the loss last week against the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, and they have a divisional matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders, who lost last week to the Miami Dolphins. But maybe not by as much as we thought. I think with the, the new coach, or the interim coach, Antonio Pierce, coming in now, he won his first two games against the two New York teams, and everyone thought, well, well, against the Miami Dolphins, high-powered offense, this might be where that run ends. And it did, but it was only a seven-point game in the end for the for the Raiders. So that's better than some of their results from earlier in the campaign. The Chiefs will go in as favorites, but the Raiders, you definitely think that they will uh, provide a, a, a good fight. Yeah, absolutely. They were your 14-point underdogs against the Miami Dolphins and really had a chance late to, to tie the game up. So they've been, they've been great with their, their new head coach. Uh, the Chiefs, though, coming off a loss, I would expect them to obviously bounce back. This is the one big lopsided, uh, you know, 
point spread type game where their Chiefs are favored by 10. I don't know if they win by 10, but I certainly expect them to win the game. Sunday night football, the Baltimore Ravens against the LA Chargers. This game will start at uh, 12.20 in the afternoon, Australian Eastern Daylight Time. The Ravens are 8-3 and three and have a great away record. They are 4-1 and one, uh, away this season, so they know how to do it on the road. And the Chargers actually have a... Well, they've got a losing record on the season, four and six, and a losing home record as well, two and three at SoFi Stadium, where this game will be played. So they've lost their last two games uh, in uh, sort of high-scoring games against, well, the Detroit Lions game definitely was, 41-38, and then a 23-20 to loss to the Packers last week. So the Ravens will go in hoping to win in prime time. Yeah, favored by three and a half, uh... I think the Ravens do win this game. They're just a more complete team, and, and the, char- uh, the Chargers always seem to shoot themselves in the foot one way or the other, and it's just been a constant problem, whether this past week it was drop passes and just terrible um, drops because Justin Herbert I thought, played a fantastic game and good enough to win, but uh, just always seems to be something, a turnover. They had a big key turnover, a fumble inside the, the two-yard line, uh, about to go into the end zone. So um, just lots of issues there with the Chargers, and I would think they continue, and Baltimore gets a gets a nice win. And the Monday night football game is the Vikings taking on the Chicago Bears. The Vikings hosting this game um, in uh, in this NFC North divisional matchup, and kind of a similar story, isn't it, with the, the Chargers to the Vikings uh, in terms of the fumbles. The difference is the Vikings have a winning record this season, 6-5, and five. But they lost by a point last week to the Broncos, and uh, and that's where uh, the the story of the fumbles came in. They had three turnovers uh, in the game, including two fumbles lost, one interception. Uh, doesn't seem to to matter who is at quarterback, whether it's Kirk Cousins or or Josh Dobbs or who is playing in the skill positions. They've just been riddled by fumbles and turnovers this season. The Vikings, yet they still keep themselves afloat with a six and five win loss record, and will go in uh, certainly as heavy favourites against the Bears on Monday night. Yeah, not so heavy. They're three-point favorites. They just really kind of looked at as even teams, but Minnesota at home. Uh, the Bears really had that game won last week against Detroit, up 12 with about three minutes to go. They were about a 97% chance to win that game, and uh, the defense just blew it, and the, and the Lions made some great plays. Uh, but huge, big, big burst they got from adding Justin Fields back in the lineup, and He'll be uh, playing again, so uh, really an even game. And um, I, I do like Minnesota, though, at home, and I think Josh Dobbs uh, uh, will continue to play solid football, and, and Minnesota will get the win. But um, Bears are a different team with Justin Fields. There we go. That's week 12, the preview of the NFL season done. Chief, which one are you penciling in as the game that you must see? Yeah, I, that Buffalo-Philadelphia game, certainly. Um, you know, potentially uh, could be a Super Bowl matchup if, if Buffalo can sneak their way into the playoffs. They're certainly a team you wouldn't want to play uh, with the ability of Josh Allen and, and some of the quality on the defense. There we go. Week 12 of the NFL season. College football chief, uh, generally over the uh, the course of our show, we'll sort of go through the scores and the big results from each weekend and, and sort of leave it at that. But uh, we'll go into it in a little bit more depth today because we are at the end of the college football season now. This is the last week where uh, every team plays. And then next week, we've got the, uh, the conference title games before we head into, um, into the, well, the traditional Army-Navy game and then the bowl games after that. So we're pretty much at the end of the, of the regular season now. And uh, the top teams are playing for their spot in, um, well, for, for, their, for their poll ranking to try and get into the, uh, into the football playoffs, but then also for the title games next week as well. And uh, 
maybe the biggest game of the week and of today was the one that happened earlier. It kicked off at 4am and has wrapped up not that long ago. Michigan beating Ohio State. This was number two versus number three in the rankings. And it was the number three team, Michigan, who beat Ohio State 30-24. to So a massive win. A tight game, a really good game as well. But what are the um, what are the the after effects now for Michigan and for Ohio State? Well, yeah, now uh, really knocks Ohio State out of any uh, potential chance to be in the final four, the top four uh, for the for the pl- uh, playoff for the national championship. And their uh, next game will just be the the bowl game. But Michigan will go on to play Iowa in the Big Ten championship game, a game they're going to be massive favorites in to uh, then go and certainly be one of the four uh, in the playoffs. So a uh, huge game, huge win for Michigan. Uh, they were home um, and won a you know, very closely contested game. They will have their head coach, uh, Jim Harbaugh, back uh, on the sideline for uh, that Big Ten championship game. It was just a regular season suspension for the sign-stealing scandal that uh, has put uh, their head coach, Jim Harbaugh, uh, Suspended for the game, the Saturday games, but able to coach throughout the week. But now he'll be all on the sideline again. And Michigan, one of the the favorites to win the national championship. So that that one loss for Ohio State that they came into the game eleven and zero uh, on the season. Now eleven and one after the completion of today's game. But they've been in the top four pretty much for for the majority of the season from memory um, in the poll rankings. So that that one loss is enough to push them out and and put their playoff hopes at jeopardy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They'll be replaced by Washington, who is undefeated. So um, there was a team sitting at fifth that was on the outside looking in and was certainly going to be uh, going to be the uh, in the top four. But Washington has to beat their rival Washington State in the what's called the Apple Cup, uh, Apple's big uh, product of uh, the state of Washington. So Washington has to beat Washington State uh, later tonight to uh, to enter that top uh, top four. So the, the rankings right now has Georgia at one, Ohio State two, Michigan three, Washington are four. They jumped Florida State. Oh, that's correct, yes. Yeah, they jumped Florida State during the week. So does, does Florida State go back up now? Exactly. But they all have to be their rival, Florida, which would be a very tough game. They just <laughs> lost their quarterback. So Florida State going to Florida. Um, they're favored to win. But uh, Florida State, unfortunately, losing their star quarterback to injury last game and his college career is over. Um, uh, last name's Travis, blanking on his first name. But very, very sad to see Jordan Travis. Career. Jordan Travis, very good, thank you. Great, uh, great, a great name. Yeah, and just, yeah, of course, yeah, sorry. Oh, boy, that was a big fumble. Uh, yeah, tough way to see your, your college season. And so Florida State would be uh, there now. There's a one-loss team in Oregon, which I think uh, if they were to, they're most likely would have played Washington in the Pac-12 championship game, they would almost certainly uh, pass Ohio State's because Ohio State they have no chance to build on their resume, um, and they're going to much more uh, the the selection committee will prefer a conference champion with one loss like a Texas potentially um, over a, a one-loss Ohio State with uh, not getting even to the championship game. So how, how important are those championship games, the, the title games in the in the conferences next week? We've got the Power Five conferences here, the ACC, Florida State and Louisville, Big 12, Texas against a team yet to be decided. We're rating on the results of uh, OSU and Kansas State. Iowa versus Michigan in the Big 10, Washington, Oregon in the Pac-12 and Georgia, Alabama in the SEC. Obviously, the bowl games which come later on are, are, are big games, um, you know, prestigious games, the overall playoff 
at the end of the season um, is obviously, you know, what helps you win the overall title for the FBS. But the title games for each conference next week, how um, how important and how prestigious are those? Well, they're, they're just massive getting into the to the championship, uh, the final, uh, the four uh, playoff teams. Uh, they are prestigious as well, but a lot less prestige. They're kind of a more recent creation over the past 20, 30 years. They don't have the hundreds, you know, hundred plus years of history the rest of college football has. But um, yeah, you have a situation, the SEC championship, Georgia, Alabama. If Alabama to beat Georgia, it's possible they both go to the four uh, and into the playoffs because of how strong the SEC is. Um, but there's a very high likelihood that um, you know, if Michigan wins, they'll be in for sure. Now, Iowa wins. They're not in the four. They have two losses, and they're not in consideration for the national championship. But that Pac-12 champion, uh, if it's Oregon, Washington, their most likely winner would go in. Um, Florida State's an interesting situation. They're undefeated. They're almost certainly going to be uh, one of the four uh, in the playoffs. But, uh, you know, without their quarterback, that's real unfortunate. Uh, so, yeah, there, there's certainly... Uh, you know, six, seven teams. Texas certainly also in the mix. If they win the Big 12, mm, yeah. have a chance. So still a lot of, even though, you know, there's only maybe a game or two left, there's still a lot of moving pieces. There we go. College football for the week. We'll uh, have a look uh, next week at those title games and any more movements in the rankings. Your text messages on 0433981116, the best text this morning on the show. We'll get the six-pack of All-American Draft beer. Root for your team and enjoy All-American Draft Drink responsibly. One that has uh, come in just a few minutes ago, Chief, uh, from uh, Lagers in South Morang here in Melbourne. Forget NFL, NBA, and NHL. One Soto will be at the Pinstripes next year. Let's go, Yankees. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Juan Soto, uh, not a free agent yet, but a, a member of the San Diego Padres who almost certainly going to be, tr- not certainly, but likely to trade him this offseason. And it's possible he gets traded to New York Yankees or maybe the New York Mets. But um, it would be great to see him. Uh, obviously, being a New York Mets fan, I'd love to see him go to uh, Queens. But there's a very good chance he goes to the Bronx as well. Um, uh, but uh, likely to be traded from the Padres. Yeah, is that... Uh, okay, so are, they, are the two New York teams the absolute sort of... Uh, are they leading the race? Yeah, but again, it's very up in the air. There's nothing solid uh, one way or the other, but you would think he's indicated that he wants to play here, uh, kind of indicated he's more interested in playing with the Mets, but, uh, and they're, you know, financially they're able to do it, and they're also able to trade prospects to San Diego, and um, San Diego having some financial constraint. They've been on a spending spree the past bunch of years, and it's kind of caught up with them a bit. So I think they're going to be kind of tightening uh, the purse strings a little bit. So it seems like a star outfielder, one of the great young hitters in the game, Juan Soto, could be uh, on the move. Actually, just on the baseball, I had this on the rundown last week and forgot to get to it. The awards uh, last week in um, in the Major League, we had uh, all the awards, all the main ones, but the, the MVP awards, Ronald Acuna from the Braves uh, in the National League and Shohei Otani from the Angels in the American League. Were they the right picks, do you think? Yeah, they were actually both unanimous. It was, I think, the first time ever in Major League Baseball that both leagues uh, unanimously elected their MVPs. So Shohei Otani, a special pitcher, hitter, who only played 135 games as he missed uh, the last month or so with injury, but still performed at such a high level that he was the unanimous MVP in the American League. And then Ronald Acuna, 
who had just one of the, the most uh, phenomenal years from a power and speed perspective, home runs and stolen bases. Um, he was unanimous, though Mookie Betts was unanimously second. Um, for the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, as he was clearly the second most valuable uh, player in the National League. So, uh, yeah, definitely the uh, the right winners in the, the baseball MVP awards. Chief, a bit of NBA. The in-season tournament is uh, starting to reach its climax now. We're getting to the final group games, and I think I've liked the system. It's got a kind of as someone who watches a lot of uh, a lot of soccer. I kind of like it. Feels very similar. The group systems, and then leading into the um, into the into the playoffs and having to qualify for the next stage. I like the concept, but one major achievement from the week, uh, which we have to touch on firstly, is LeBron James being the first player to pass 39,000 points. He, he um, achieved the overall uh, all-time leading point scorer title uh, not that long ago, overtaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And now the uh, the everyone's looking to, to when is he going to break the 40,000 mark, which no one obviously has ever done before. Yeah, he's just going to keep breaking all sorts of different records for... Um, He's in his 21st season, so all these 21st season records, and then all his records for age. And he's just going to keep every night. It's going to be a kind of a new record, <laughs> depending on how deep you want to go. But um, yeah, I mean, you can go on and on about how great a player he's been. Um, the longevity now, and it doesn't seem to be slowing down. And certainly LeBron wants to play with his, his son, or maybe even both of his sons who could possibly yeah. be NBA players. So. Um, yeah, he's just, I think, going to put all these numbers out of reach and um, kind of thought that with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar that his you know scoring record was kind of going to be close to out of reach when certainly when Michael Jordan couldn't accomplish that. Um, it, but, you know, LeBron coming in as an 18-year-old and just the amount of work and time he puts into his body to keep himself in such a top physical uh, performance is uh, the reason why this is yeah. possible and uh, just the greatest. Yeah, it turns 39 years old in a month from now on the 30th of December. Just incredible. Chief, uh, that's it for us for the show today. Thank you very much, mate, and uh, we'll Thank do it you. again next Thank week. You. Looking forward to it. Geordie and the Chief, the All-American Hour here on SEN. Make sure to podcast at sen.com.au. We'll catch you again next week.